Welcome to the Executive Minds Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Jeff Henderson. Hey, everybody. It's Jeff Henderson, along with David Farmer and Kevin Jennings. We're missing Shane Benson, so I don't know if where Shane is today, but we hope that you're doing great. And we're going to talk, uh, do a two-part uh, series on here on the podcast. Thanks for being here on, on Executive Minds, and we're, we're honored that you're here, and thanks for being a part of what we're doing, and we hope this is of value to you. Um, Kevin, I'd love for you to take us back. I'm going to take us back to last week, um, a conversation, a Zoom call, one of many that we've had lately, uh, all of us, uh, that you and Shane and David and I had, and I asked you, or we asked you, how you were doing in this season in light of uh, the murder of George Floyd. And uh, that's going to lead us into our conversation today. But uh, can you take us back to our conversation just a few days ago, what you shared with us? Yeah. At the time, you guys were just caring about me, the person, hey, how are you doing? And I just didn't have it in me to to pretend uh, that day. Uh, I, I wanted to. I, I really had every intention of getting on the call and conducting business as usual, but I struggled to do so. And I still struggle to do so. So I've been much more transparent as of late with people about this. And the key thing I think for me then and, and still a little bit now, I would say, is just the difference between, I'm going to be very direct, the difference between what might typically happen in any act. So, you know, whether it be a black on black crime, if you actually want to use or or any kind of issue with with people having, you know, conflict with one another that leads to violence, it is the fact that the person involved on the other side of Mr. Floyd was a person that I am told to believe has the duty of protecting. I think it there is a certain moral authority in addition to whatever is given in our legal system that I'm counting on law enforcement to preserve. And I think for many, at least for myself, let me say for me, what I saw, and I haven't even watched the full video, I, I, don't, I still don't have the heart to watch it, to be transparent. Um, but from what I've read and the, and the clips I have allowed myself to watch, there is the grieving of hearing, in the, in the despair of hearing a man scream out for his mom. And then there's also the death of an idea, the death of a belief. And, and that is really hard. Uh, actually, if you go to this podcast, Jeff has talked about the death of a dream. And I don't know if you've ever had a dream die, something you really believed in, and if you actually have a person die, like, but if you have, those, those are real, those are, it's just a tough, tough pill to swallow. And to watch it happen and play out that way, uh, it hurt. It hurt a lot, and it opened up a bunch of wounds that led to a, a bunch of other pieces. But the last thing I'll say this before we open up the whole conversation was, for me, seeing my friends... Uh, Jeff being obviously one of them speak out and that's not from I talked to Kevin then I spoke out I just happened to see my friends speaking out I did not know how much I personally desired to be validated for someone to say well, I see it too I'm like hallelujah like I feel like a crazy person because when you walk into certain rooms you feel like you have to try to convince everybody there's a problem and once again I don't know if any of you have been in a situation where in a meeting and you're looking at the balance sheet and you're like, guys, we've got to cut this project. We've got to do this initiative. And, and, and you see, you see it's written so clearly. And it wasn't because you're like, I don't see it. You're like, oh, it, 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 it's, 
you start to question your own sanity. And I know that now is a term of gaslighting, right? That someone can, someone can make you start to question your own sanity and your own, uh, you know, your reality, how they respond to what you're saying. And I did not know how much I needed that. And so for me, I just started to thank you, uh, Jeff. And I, and I, and I, and I think David and Shane as well, because I'm considered, I consider myself to be lucky that I'm in environments with people who love me in a way and treat me in such a way that I'm not questioning if I can be vulnerable about this. And I'm not, you know, I'm, and I mean, Shane and I have talked about Black Lives Matter before. And, you know, I've shared my opinion and my opinions have gotten stronger and in some ways, but well, we've, we've, but that happened two years ago when I had this conversation with Shane, you know, about his perspective on it. And I think even now I would, I would venture to say he's seen it differently as well. He's seen the expansion of what this could mean. And so once again, I, um, for me, I, I had to go, I had a safe place to go, but I know there's some people who don't have a safe place to go. Even leaders on this podcast who are not people of color may not have a safe place to go to process this and think about what this might mean for themselves, for their teams, for their society, for their community. Uh, but for me, it just started with a lot of frustration, a lot of pain. And luckily, I happened to stumble into a meeting with some people who I care about deeply that gave me an opportunity to share. Mm-hmm. And, well, and thanks for sharing that, Kev. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this today is how do you deal with the tension in, in the air? Because typically, David, you know, you could think of the workplace as, hey, we talk about work, we talk about projects, we talk about bottom line, what happens outside of the company. And we certainly don't talk about politics. We certainly don't talk about religion or any of that. But this issue of racial injustice is so big that if an organization doesn't talk about it, they're going to appear out of touch and tone deaf. The challenge is, is how do you do that? Well, let, let me first of all say, when we had this conversation and the timing of it was a couple of days after Memorial Day, which was the day that George Floyd was killed, but it was before we started to see protests uh, begin. And it was incredibly valuable to me. And I think you would say the same, uh, Jeff, Shane would uh, say the same thing, for Kevin to be willing to be so transparent. And I've just, I'm so thankful that he felt like he had the freedom to do that because it helped each of us understand this issue uh, in a different light, which I think has been, it's been incredibly significant. It has, as a white male, uh, you can watch what happened to George Floyd. You and, and, and everybody immediately recognizes that's wrong, that's evil. But it has kicked off a conversation that takes it, uh, it, it, we go to a different level. It's interesting. It's a tragic irony, perhaps, that on the same day that he was killed, the Amy Cooper video released out of Central Park. That's right. Uh, which, if you've not seen that, is it's very different. It comes at this issue from a very different perspective, but she is essentially weaponizing race, and it highlights another side to this issue. And That's so, right. to me, the fact that those happened same day, I, I don't you know, you just kind of go, wow. Um, but it helps you understand. I heard Trevor Noah in a vlog say this, it, you realize the social contract is broken. So Kevin, as you talked about those police officers and that their charge is to protect and serve. When that social contract is broken, they're not doing that. In fact, they're doing just the opposite. You completely lose your footing. And I think that 
has been incredibly eye-opening to me as a white male and knowing that, therefore, I can't sit this out and say, well, those aren't my views. I am part of a, of a system where those views are harbored, where there's, there's just structural injustice that has to be addressed. And so you realize, and I would have to say candidly, I realize like never before that I do have a role to play. And I think many of us feel that way. And that is maybe what feels different about this situation. So you take that and you have to think, well, what does that mean in my personal life? What does that mean in my family? But certainly what does it mean in the organizations in which I serve and the teams in which I lead? And I, and so part of it is very simply, I have to go first of all, to the people, to the black members of my team and almost had the same conversation we had with Kevin and just check in, how are you doing? How can we help? Help us understand your point of view. And, and those are the discussions that we're having right now. And it is, it is hard. It's, it's heart-wrenching. It's necessary. And this is one of the many reasons why trust in an organization is vitally important because if you don't have trust in organization, you can't have these conversations at the level that you really want to have or need to have. And it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding for for organizations that are going to try to deal with conversations like this without a level of trust. And so, and that's a great thing, Kevin, that you've uh, not just with the executive minds podcast or mentor, but even things that when at church, I've, you know, I texted you this weekend, Hey, I have this idea. What do you think about this? And you sent me, you know, voicemail saying, Hey, think about this Think about this. That's a level of trust that I know I can go there with you um, and say, what do you think about this? And then at the same time, you have my very best interest at heart. So for organizations that would, or leaders that would say, Hey, I don't know that our, our organization is there from a trust level standpoint. And we're, we're starting way back in a deficit. What are some ways that we could begin to take or they could begin to take to get some steps forward to have kind of a trust fall, if you will? Well, I'll, I'll just jump in and share, I guess, some of the things you'd, uh, you probably shouldn't do in that regard. And that's, you know, allow social pressure to put you in a situation where you are more focused on navigating the brand than connecting with the people because I think that is the first thing. I mean, I, you know, we are people listening to the podcast, you're, you're a business leader, you're a business professional. You know that glass door exists and there's no amount of fantastic sizzle reels and catchy phrase on a hiring page that won't make you go check glass door before you apply for a job. This is the reality of what happens when a company decides to be more focused on its image than the internal relationships in the organization. And I think it's totally okay to say we're not going to comment publicly until we do what's going on inside. I guarantee the respect you'd have amongst your team members of color and who are not of color would only rise. And I think it's okay to say publicly, we're not going to comment publicly until we talk about what's going on inside our organization. As opposed to I must communicate what everyone already has already said very well, probably in a thousand posts for the sake of an image. And so to me, I think it starts one-on-one. I mean, I said, you, we didn't have last Thursday's conversation starting last Thursday. It was multiple years of walking together in a variety of ways that led to me feeling like I don't have to pretend with these people. Why am I going to do that? Now, transparently, I had to silence my own beliefs that would have told me, Kevin, 
if you show weakness in this moment, you're only going to validate images about how a Black man can't navigate some corporate situation when life and trials are coming. You must demonstrate your strength, right? I had to silence whatever I might have picked up over life to say, you know what, if that's a problem here, then we'll have another thing. That we'll, we'll have a bigger conversation happen down the road if I can't be honest in this moment with these people about what's happening in my life. But I would first say, like, it's got to start with the team. It's got to start with people. And it's got to, and, and I think you can, things are different when you say, let's call a family meeting. And I'm not necessarily talking about a process just yet. I'm just simply saying, hey, I think there's something to be said about avoiding that pressure. I know it's there. It's that it's, it's there to have some stance that everyone forces you to have. But I will say, don't be bullied by the external pressure to have a stance. And let's do the hard work inside the organization first. That's a fantastic point. Because if you're feeling the pressure to try to make a post on social media, rather than do the hard work of meeting, have a team meeting and talking about this, then that's an image problem. Uh, that's a, you're, you're more focused on the brand image. And we're all for brand image. And we, we all believe in that. But uh, I think it's a good filter to go, I'm going to talk to the team first before I post. Or I'm going to talk to a friend of mine first before I post on, on social media. And um, David, any uh, insight in terms of the conversations that you've been having? Well, Kevin, let me just say, I love what you just said. That was awesome, man. I think if you, if I go back to your question a moment ago, what if you don't feel like you have all the trust? Well, that's a big issue. And if you're going to start trying to build trust, you've got to think about empathy. And empathy means you better genuinely start showing people that you care about them as individuals, you care what they think, you care what they're, they are experiencing, and you have to create a really safe opportunity for them to share that and help you learn. So you probably don't have a lot to add to the conversation at this point, but you need to create a place where you can hear other people and listen. And I think you then, you, you better take it upon yourself to say, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to learn. I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to expose myself to things that uh, maybe I just ignored. So you've got to take a step forward. You can't just kind of hang out on the sidelines on this. You'll never get trust. I think I just, all that to say, I think it's a mistake to ignore this, to lay low, to kind of sit it out on the sidelines and say, it's not our issue. That does not feel healthy to me. And transparently, I, I know a, a situation. I had a friend of mine um, who I was talking to on Instagram literally this morning, and he was calling out an employer that he and I both had. And one of the things that jumped out was the employer was essentially saying publicly, you know what? Good thing that's not a problem where we live, where we work. And I was like, no, like, like, like that's, it's, it's not, and you might say, Kevin, well, shouldn't we, if it's not a problem, if, we, if, we, if that's not our issue, I'm, we don't need to be so vocal publicly. And I'll say, no, I agree with you in the sense that you don't have to necessarily put pressure on yourself to be a quote unquote freedom fighter. You know, if equality in your organization is doing better than others, the, the point of this really, and I'm not even trying to go too deep philosophically on this, it's just saying the truth of leadership. Yep. Leadership inherently has blind spots because you are so high up leading certain parts of the organization, there's something you're going to miss. If you are a parent, it is easy to miss something in your child's life. Something happened at school that day. It's, it's just it's just too easy to miss something in your spouse's life. If you're married, to assume 
that your version or your perspective is a complete picture of the truth. And I think that to me speaks once again, a lot less about racial injustice and about your perspective on leadership. And I would just challenge whoever's listening to say, okay, I don't care if your origin is the best company in the world and you get voted best place to work in every category and every place every year. Best place to work is not perfect place to work. And I think it's really important you ask yourself, okay, what? Well, again, we stay, we have that position by continuing to inquire and continue to build a certain level of intelligence around the experiences of our people. And I think that to me, you know, to, to your point, David is so powerful. Like if you don't know what's happening, in your organization is impossible to have empathy. If you don't know what's happening to the people you work for you, it's impossible. And I think that to me is a part of it. And so once again, every person I've connected with, I've cherished really, I said, these guys in particular, I'm just going to say this personally, I'm so appreciative for them speaking up in their own ways because I know who you are. And it actually troubles me more that people who do not conduct themselves in certain ways, in this context, racist, the people who are not racist don't say anything. It's very much the, the situation of the people who enjoy your restaurant. They don't complain, but they also don't get on Yelp and say best place ever went, right? It's the, it's the, it's the silent people that do not allow the whole story to be told. Kev, I, I would have to say, I probably used to think of racism in terms of do I value somebody that's a different race, different ethnicity? Do I, do I honestly, from a spiritual perspective, do I clearly recognize that they were created by God and we have equal worth? And I can say, yeah, I absolutely feel that way. But I think what I understand now is that may be part of it, but I, as a white person and a white male, have to lean into some of the systematic issues, the structural issues which is what compels me to have to get involved and say, well, I don't, I, I recognize their value. Of course, your life matters to me, but you've got to say, well, what about the education system and the judicial system and the way we um, hire and uh, select leaders on our teams, the way we worship, we do, the way we just do things in life. And as a white person, white people need to lean into this unit issue and speak up because we are very much involved in those systems and those systems are leading to a lot of the problems. Yeah, I agree. Jeff, I'd love to hear you just kind of respond to some of that as well before I kind of give, keep weighing in here. No, well, I totally agree. And I think, you know, the, the challenge in this season is, you know, it's so easy to forget that there was something called COVID-19. And then it's just, you know, you feel like you're supposed to, as a leader, you're supposed to be able to solve in your own little world, solve racial injustice, make sure that no one gets the virus, uh, make sure that everyone still has a job and make sure that everything's home good with your marriage. And if you've got kids and it just, it's an exhausting list. And I think people were exhausted already mm -hmm. uh, before uh, Ahmad and before uh, Mr. Floyd. And it's just, it's taken it to a whole different level. So I do, ironically, in some ways, I do think self-care is really important for all of us right now, because if you're not taking care of yourself, you can try to take care of the world and it can implode on you. So a lot of the things we've talked about in our podcast before do apply, but 
I think one of the most important things that we can do, and we'll wrap up this and go to part two in just a second, is to diversify our contact list on our phone and to make sure that, that we, we've got to have more conversations with people who don't look like us. And if not, you're just not going to be able to see this issue or any issue until you ask, what's it like to be on the other side of me? Well said. Couldn't agree more, guys. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity just to help people start putting a process around what it looks like when you have these moments take place in your organization. Because even if it's not COVID today, I mean, because COVID today, it might be racial injustice today. And we hope these things can be solved, right? Let's just assume they would be. Something else will emerge. And we're going to have to find a way as leaders to navigate those times as well. Absolutely. And so what we wanted to do in this week's podcast is just say, hey, we need to lean into the tension and, and how do you manage that? So if you feel like, I'm, uh, you know, I think silence might be better because that way if I'm silent, I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings. That actually is hurting people's feelings. And so we want to just kind of resurface this. And then in our next week's podcast, we're going to talk about what are some practical ways to be able to lean into these conversations and move us forward. So Kevin, thanks so much. David, thanks so much. Um, Kev, what do they need to do to continue to hang out with us here on The Mentor? Yeah, well, if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, please, please, please come back. So first, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you enjoy your content. Then go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating or review um, about how we can serve you uh, with this content. Right now, when this podcast is released, we are actually doing a community survey. Um, we, we want the opportunity to hear feedback from you. Um, and so if you go to um, our website or go to social media at We Are Mentor, M-N-T-R, we actually are running a survey right now because we really want to hear from you about what kind of content we can create to better serve you as we move forward. And other than that, subscribe because we want you to get next week's episode and that's how you're going to get it. So thank you so much for joining us. And we will have you here next week on Executive Minds. Executive Minds.